This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Episode 216, Paying Off $78,000 of Debt, Jen's Debt Payoff Story. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are sharing my debt payoff story. This Woo-hoo. is something unique. Uh, we have not shared our own. I mean, we've shared bits of our own stories, but never dedicated individual episodes to each other. So this episode is for me. <laughs> and next week's episode will be Jill's. Well, I think this is. Like, why haven't we done this? We're more than four, <laughs> four years, years in. Yeah. And certainly if someone's been binging us or following along for the last few years, you you kind of know. You, you, you know our stories. It comes out in bits and pieces. But to have it consolidated and, and almost like a reintroduction for those who mm-hmm. might just be finding us, here's a little bit about us. And I'm excited to play the role of interviewer with you, Jen. (laughs) I'm sure there's going to be things I learn. I'm always learning new stuff about you. So I'm excited. I know. Same. And I am excited for you to interview me. I have shared my story on quite a few different podcasts, I guess, never on my own and never from someone who... I know uh, and knows me so well. So it's always really good to be interviewed by someone who knows you really well because they are definitely going to ask you about the things that you would not think to or want to share maybe. so Are you nervous? I don't know. I guess we'll see if I need to be nervous. (laughs) I'll be kind to you. Thank you. Well, before we get into that, we need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by... Adult summer camp. Mm. Never imagined this would be a thing. Never thought you could relive your days of not showering for a week, eating marshmallows for dinner, and singing nonsense songs with your friends. Well, thanks to our overly nostalgic millennial generation, adult summer camps do exist. And we will be hosting our version June 27th through 30th through our 2022 Frugal Living Summit. Wallet is virtual, you will get all the camaraderie, new friendships, and learning on everything frugal spending related. And of course, the no showering, eating campfire meals, and singing songs is totally up to you. Frugallivingsummit.com. It's free. Get your free ticket. I will personally shower. That's a decision that I have made. Um, (laughs) Last year, I decided not to shower just to like live in it. And Travis really requested that this year that's one of the changes we make uh, to the itinerary. It's, so it's anyone's guess what I'll do. Yeah, it might be an every is. other day thing. Yeah. Okay. But the eating hot dogs is definitely oh, going to happen. Absolutely. We will for sure be eating hot dogs. That's a no brainer. So if you love debt payoff stories, which I think if you're listening to this one, you might, I have a few other episodes for you to queue up after this. Uh, So we've got episode 194, which is paying off debt and your mental health uh, with Melanie Lockhart. And it's not paying off your mental health, but it's 
how the two combine. Episode 179, paying off $33,000 of debt and living on half of your income with El Martinez. And then we have episode 143, how our friend Lydia paid off $36,000 of debt on one income. So those are a few good ones to queue up. And hopefully this one will be a good one to queue up in later episodes. We'll see. Take it away, Jill. Yes. Jen, (laughs) before we get into the story of your journey out of debt, let's back up and walk us through your journey into debt. Mm, Yes. So I grew up in a family where we actually never had debt. We just lived paycheck to paycheck, and that was kind of enough. We never saved, never went on vacations, um, kind of never had enough money when an emergency came up. It was always like a scramble. Um, My mom used to say, we don't have bad credit, we have slow credit, meaning it just takes us some time to pay our bills, but we do. So that was what I grew up thinking about debt. And so when I got to college, I was like, I'm smarter than my parents because I'm 17 and I graduated a year early. So I am going to get a credit card and be smarter about money. And thank God that card was only a $500 limit because I actually had to wait until I was 18, obviously, to get the card. But I did wait that whole first year of college. <laughs> but I thought I was smart. So that I, so I was going to have good credit. And what it really did was it set me up to kind of have a revolving credit on that card throughout college. And and I went to grad school and I got another credit card because they offered a free, uh, free companion flight on it. And I was like, oh, I'll take my friend in New York City because uh, that's wise. I can afford that. Right. And ended up actually putting like more debt on that card than I could pay off. So that was like my first foray into debt. But my biggest debt was the student loans for my graduate program. I I got my undergrad was completely paid for by scholarships, but when I went to grad school for acupuncture and oriental medicine, that was completely out of pocket and it was a private school, so there wasn't like any other options for there. And so that was $50,000 and it it ballooned up to $54,000 by the time I got serious about paying it off. And then I had a car that I got right out of college that also gave me, I think it was about $10,000, but I tried to pay as much of that off before I got married. So I think that added it to like part of it. But so I, w- I spent a lot of time ignoring that debt. Because as a community acupuncturist, so we worked on a a model that was like kind of pay what you can afford. And and I love that. I love serving people who with things that they may not be able to usually afford, but like serving them in that way, just kind of reaching more people like low cost, high volume sort of thing. That's always been my jam, Um, not necessarily nonprofit work, but just like in a kind of a low price, high volume business type of thing. So, but it didn't pay well (laughs) because of that. And uh, so I had more debt than I made in a whole year. And um, what started this whole thing for me in paying it off was that when I got engaged to Travis, he brought $24,000 of student loans and was like, I want to pay this off immediately as soon as we get married. And I was like, I was not, not into Mm -hmm. that, but so that's how the journey into $78,000 of debt came into play. And honestly, the two credit cards by that point ha- weren't even factored in because <laughs> this is a great story. I Somebody hit my car in a Starbucks parking lot and I came <laughs> out and I didn't know about it. I came out and saw it and there was a note on the car, but it was just like a dent in the back bumper, like it was totally drivable. And um, their insurance paid for it, obviously. And instead of using that money to get my car fixed, I used it to pay off the credit cards. Wow. So those were happy Starbucks accident. Right. And I just drove around with a dent in my bumper for years. 
Maybe I should go to Starbucks more. <laughs> yeah. Make sure the parking lot is small, though. <laughs> so that was our journey into debt. I don't think that I realized that it was comprised of more than student loan debt. Mm-hmm. That is that is knowledge for me today. Part of the, I mean, the, the car loan was just like maybe 4000 of it mm-hmm. by the time like we got sure. married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But I think it is interesting to recognize that sometimes our debts and our journey into debt and our comfort level with debt does have to do with more than just the decision we made for higher education mm-hmm. and some of what we might do around that lifestyle. When you are going to school full time, a lot of times it does mean that it's then also paired with credit card debt because we still want to live life and maybe even maintain a lifestyle that we can't afford. So that's it's good to look at that reality, even if you're able to pay it off or you're just floating a little bit of a balance, like you're still interacting with debt and utilizing Mm -hmm. it to maintain a lifestyle. Yeah. And then the part about, this is something I've been hearing a lot from people with student loan debt is the increase on it. Like they've stopped going to school, but the interest is accruing. And, you know, you might have graduated with, like like you said, $50,000 of debt, but then by not taking it super seriously, it ballooned to 54. And that is a like stab in the heart to, to realize yeah. that reality. Yeah. I mean, so it was, I, and I don't think I think debt is neutral. I don't think there's good debt or bad debt. I think it is all in how you use it. And because I had a car loan that I had to pay and the federal student loan agency allowed me to pay less than interest every month on my student loan, it didn't force me to focus on my student loan, even though it was higher interest than my car loan. So having that extra debt prevented me from paying off my student loans. So it does have to do with like, if you're in debt one place, it kind of can snowball to debt other places. And then that just like compounds on itself to make it harder to pay off the first debt, like kind of essentially robbing Peter to pay Paul almost, but in debt. So Travis knew exactly how much your husband, how mm-hmm. much debt he had and was very convinced he wanted to pay it off quickly. You weren't as convinced. So what was that moment when you realized, oh, here's how much we have and I want it gone? This is a pretty pivotal moment because I'd always said like, oh, when I get married, then I'll pay off my debt because I really can't do it on my own income, which is my own limiting belief for sure. And I look back now and I see I was never more positioned than I am now to pay off debt. So I was waiting. And then the time came when we were engaged and Travis said he wanted to pay off his debt. And I was like, actually, I'd like to live a little bit. Like I've been on the edge of paycheck to paycheck for so long, I'd really like to enjoy this new income and not live under a rock is literally how I put it. I could see you saying that. (laughs) It's it's either I pay off debt or I live under a rock. I live in extremes. I am definitely the person who lives in extremes for better, for worse. It's my own like thing that I, I deal with. But Yeah, like I didn't have the concept of the radical middle there, like that you could pay off debt and still have the things that you value. That never occurred to me. So what Travis did was he, and he didn't even know he was doing this, I guess, but he just like, he tried to get to like my deeper yes. Like what is it that makes other things easier to say no to because uh, the yes is deeper? And for me, it was foster care. So like I have been, I've had a heart for foster care for over a decade now, I guess. It was definitely before I met Travis. I was working in a group home and because I didn't want to volunteer at a group foster home because I wanted more responsibility and more access to the lives of um, kids in care. Uh, So like I just decided to work there on the weekends. Uh, And so that that took up every weekend of my life. And I wanted to, I knew that that wasn't sustainable, um, but I wasn't ready to foster myself. So I really want to be able to do that. 
But with that comes a lot of responsibility, like a lot of visits and doctor's appointments and kids acting out in trauma and stuff like that. And so I knew having a full-time job and being beholden to debt payments would make being accessible more difficult. And so he opened my eyes to how much easier could it be for you to fulfill your dream in life if we were debt-free. So that was my deeper yes. And obviously it didn't work 100% of the time, but it was the catalyst that I needed to change my perspective on debt. And I've since learned that you don't have to like put your life on pause to pay off debt. You can do it and do it you know, in a balanced way. But yeah, that was really the moment. And I knew my number already. It gave me anxiety. It gave me an insane anxiety to look at my debt number. So I knew how much it was hanging over my head, tried to ignore it. But when Travis really inspired me to like look at our entire lives and he made it about my dreams, not just his, that was when I got on board. Isn't that so true for so many of us, though, this need to have it connected to something and Mm -hmm. it can't just be arbitrary? You know, you hear some people who say, okay, there's this number and it was overwhelming, so I knew I had to do something about it. But oftentimes that's not enough. Just seeing a really big number on a piece of paper or on your computer isn't always enough to say, let me make drastic changes in my lifestyle to get this gone. Yes, it's anxiety producing. You knew your number. You knew it was a lot, but it still took more to connect it to that thing, to tether it to something, to anchor it to something for an actual reason, not just because I just don't want to see this number on this computer screen anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you said it's a it's a big number, $78,000 of debt. And now we've heard so many people's stories of six figures, nearly <laughs> half a million. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's not a race to the bottom. Everybody has their own story, but that is a lot. Most people would not be able to pay that off in a matter of months or even a year or a few years. How did you stay on track? How did you stay motivated to get this large sum of money tackled? So we didn't have big incomes. We, um, By the end of it, we were making up to $88,000 gross. But we, did, we started, I was making maybe thirty-five. dollars at my acupuncture job and the I guess the foster home was maybe bringing in eight or ten extra a year so like 45 in a good year is what I was making gross and Travis was unemployed when we started so we literally started our debt-free journey uh, um, $45,000 which is less I mean gosh almost half of what our total debt was like it on paper, it looked like stupid, but we worked on it together. And so I can confidently say like, everyone sa- everyone says the budget is what does it for them. And it wasn't the budget for me. I have never been a great budgeter. I still don't budget often. For me, it was about the accountability. Having the accountability between Travis and I And wanting to do this for him and him wanting to do it for me made this journey sustainable. And and that's exactly why we've created our, our community, our private community, is to give people a place to do that. Because that's really what did it for me. And when we had that, then we were motivated to create the budget to stick to the budget, to have the budget meetings. And we were motivated to have open communication about our expenses without judgment, with grace, all of these things. And it it came down to having a community and not just in my home, but outside of my home too, because I realized a lot of my friends just wanted to spend money. They were not trying to get their finances together like we were. And I had to find new friends for a season, which thankfully became lifelong friends. But And I'm still friends with some of the people I had to kind of unfollow or mute on social media for a few years. 
But yeah, I had to kind of, I had to shift the community outside of my home too, to be one where people were more conscious about their money and okay doing free things. And so it was really the people around me that had a huge impact um, in my motivation to stick with it. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity, when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com frugal. That's mintmobile.com frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete Me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. And then the second thing, second thing that was most important, a year into our debt payoff, we were making good progress. We had went down from thinking it was going to take us five years to knowing that we were going to do it in two, and we were a year in, we knew we had a year left. And I was miserable. Like I was I was miserable, I was hopeless. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this for another year. And I know now that some of that could have been invo- avoided by having a, a more focused life plan, I think, and um, kind of a little bit of more of a balance between the goal and the life, the immediate goal and the long-term goal. But I started writing about what I was learning, what I had learned for the past year. I started teaching, trying to teach other people the lessons that I had learned in a difficult way. And that shifted the journey for me. When I stopped dwelling on what the journey was taking from me, and started focusing on how I could give back as a result of this journey, everything changed. And the last year was like non-existent to me. Like I didn't even realize it was happening. I was just doing it. And then we were done. So those were the two Hmm. biggest motivators for me. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's almost as if you're describing in order to get you motivated to begin, you needed a deeper why and purpose. Mm -hmm. And in order for the motivation to keep going, you needed another why and purpose attached to it. Again, I think that's really similar for a lot of people. But something that stands out to me about you, one of the things I really admire, and I think drew me to you when we first met, I met you in the midst of your debt payoff journey towards the tail end, is your authenticity 
authenticity and transparency in this process, not without protection. You're not sharing anything that's <laughs> that you don't want to be sharing, but even to be able to talk about your salaries, what you did make, what you then were making by the end of it, and how you journeyed through this, some of the ways that you would have done your debt payoff journey in a more balanced way. I think all of this, it's so relatable. I think sometimes we can talk really cryptically about our debt payoff journeys and we don't really know what's available to us because it always seems like everybody else's story is there's something unique about mm-hmm. it and so I couldn't do it but like your story is very I, I would imagine there's a lot of people in debt who are in better off positions than you were in right mm-hmm. who are making more money and maybe have less debt. Like there's so many things about what you're describing that's so relatable in a lot of ways. And yeah, I just so appreciate you talking through also what was really difficult, but then some really tangible tips in that, that when it is difficult, go deeper, connect to deeper reasons of why is this why is this so heavy on me? Why do I feel like I can't bear another year? What could shift here? And because there is freedom and permission to shift it. And your debt payoff journey did take a toll on you. I mean, to start out with forty five, making $45,000 in a good year and paying off $78,000 in two years, like I am a little bit like, how the heck did that happen? Mm-hmm. And maybe you could have taken a little bit longer to do that and not have gotten shingles. Oh, yeah. The shingles story. Um, yeah. And we bought a house in those two years. So there were there were a lot of we could have taken a little extra time for sure. I think we glamorize and I did. I glamorize these stories of I paid off this much debt in this time frame. It's so much. It's so fast. And we hear the same stories. There are ratios to a certain limit of if you make above this amount, you will pay off your debt in this many to this many months. You can almost calculate it. And I never have. But to me now, numbers and timeframes are arbitrary because I've heard so many of them so many different times. What interests me is the story of the journey. Like, how is the journey unique? And there are so many things that are the same. And we do talk about those on the podcast. You know, get on a meal plan, make a budget, increase your income. There are so many things that are the same, but like looking for those unique things. And I think that's what like in 2018, I I left acupuncture and started writing full time in finance. And I was an SEO writer, which means I was literally just like writing outlines that were very educational and writing those right, really informational articles to this website that really wanted me to be a journalist, <laughs> a financial journalist. And I learned, I learned storytelling, like, and it was it was really great because I heard so many stories. I heard so many people say the same thing, and to hear the thing, like the one thing that made it different, um, was always so refreshing. And the thing I tried to hold on to, and that's why I want to share so many of the unique things about my story, so that more people can see different sides of paying off debt. So more people can see themselves paying off debt through these stories. And it's why we try to tell unique stories here on the show from unique and diverse perspectives. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the thing that's standing out to me in your story is how you found joy and purpose through it to help you keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then the learnings of what you would have done differently, how you might have given yourself more permission to uh, weigh out living life alongside paying down debt that maybe it could have taken a little bit longer. But I am also curious to hear what your thoughts are on how your life has shifted since debt payoff. Uh, It certainly sounds like a lot shifted in the midst of debt payoff. (laughs) What have you seen since that time? I have been able to do like so many more things so much more freely 
and refollow those people on social media because I can do all the things they're doing now. And then they're coming to me talking about how much debt they have and the like the burden it's putting on them. And I'm like, well, I have a podcast. You should listen to it. So yeah, I mean, I I am able to like go on vacations, which I could never do as a child. Like again, no debt. So like no vacations at all when I was a kid. Like we had our son and didn't worry about if there was going to be complications like with the pregnancy or with the labor because we knew like we can handle like medical bills. We're prepared for this. And like, thank God we didn't. But like that that's a huge ease for somebody who's like pregnant and hormonal there. We just I can officially say it. We just bought another house. We bought a second home. And so we are going, instead of buying an investment property, we bought another house to live in and we'll use our current house as an investment property. So these are things I would have never known were possible because my family and the families I grew up around never did this stuff. They were like shopping was a hobby and people were spending all of their money. And I had a friend who in the housing crisis, her family was like, living on ramen, essentially, because they bought this huge house at the height and couldn't get rid of it. And they were living in this beautiful house by the beach, like living on, you know, essentially ramen. So like these were the people I was I was around. I didn't know it was possible for somebody without a ton of money to like get into rental real estate or to have a six figure investment portfolio to take trips just because it's a good idea, not because like you're desperate or anything. So it's changed my perspective and life. And that's a gift that I'm going to give to my son that like, more is possible. And you don't have to be super rich to achieve mm. it or quote unquote rich, mm-hmm. but anything is possible. Well, I think it's a gift to the larger community too. I mean, yes, absolutely. (laughs) As you teach your son, but it's a gift to me. It's a gift to the frugal friends community. It's a gift to all the people that you interact with because of your transparency and honesty and encouragement of people. I mean, I, I remember, I have a vivid memory of watching you and Travis. I joined virtually before even the pandemic and all that virtual (laughs) stuff happened, but you, you all paid off your debt live on Mm -hmm. Facebook live and celebrated. And it it was a little weird to me to be so out in the open about finances, but yet unashamedly, unapologetically. And there was a celebration with you and there was an encouragement and motivation for me of, I could do that too. Like you and your journey has been a gift to me and my journey to understand what's possible. And the things that you have built in skill set and understanding through the debt payoff journey is what has afforded all of these other things, right? It's not just about, oh, I paid off debt. So now obviously my life is better. It's better because of the journey, because of what you learned and gained along the way that you're now able to implement on the other side of the pendulum. It's great to get out of debt. And then you just translate all that over into the next step. What do you want to do next? with your finances, which for you, it's income property, trips, sharing and encouraging others, raising your son well, not living in fear and anxiety for financial concerns. Like there's so much here and and the way that you're choosing to give back out of that and along the way, not just, oh, I've arrived. So now let me tell you about it. Like you've been honest throughout the whole thing of this was really tough. Yep. Still in the middle of that. (laughs) And, And it's, it's real. It's what drew me to you. I think it's one of the reasons that our podcast is where our podcast is. So you keep doing it, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I've just written so many articles that are so surface level. And so like, I've written the same article so many times to be able to tell a story that's unique and relatable. And, and I've, I mean, when we started Frugal Friends, it's be like when, 
we decided to like take a chance on it, which neither of us was like super keen on. But I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to I'm going to make it so different from everything else that's out there that is pretty much investing centric. It's for people who already have a handle on their finances. It's for people who have already paid off debt or don't care about paying off debt. I want something so different. And we created something that helps people. Yeah, no matter where you are, but like definitely of average income, dream bigger and have bigger financial goals. Because that's, I think, more important than trying to pay off debt is to like expand your thinking of what's possible. Because I had to pay off my debt to get there. But the greatest gift, like I could still have debt. And now that we have this new investment property, I definitely do. But like knowing what is possible, knowing assets, liabilities, like unlimited income, stuff like that, like building a business. It's it's stuff that I wouldn't have thought about if I hadn't started at the very bottom. And and all the podcasts out there were already for the big thinkers. But yeah, like we were just talking to um, Angie and RJ from Rich by Intention and how they started with their, you know, negotiating bills, like just negotiating bills to lower their expenses. They took those skills and negotiated raises and new jobs, promotions, but they wouldn't have even thought about it or had the skills to do it without starting like, quote unquote, at the bottom. And like, that's where I want to be for people. At the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started from the bottom. <laughs> now we still here. <laughs> yes. Speaking of things that are not at the bottom, <laughs> <laughs> they all the way on the top is the Bill, Bill of the, the Week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. So I will share my bill of the week, but since this is a, like a duo episode, I do want to share somebody else's too. So I guess I will go first, and no one will be surprised by my bill. Jill could tell you my bill. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's it's Bill, bill Curtis. Curtis from <laughs> – wait, from, wait, don't tell me. And the narrator of Anchorman and famed newscaster in Chicago. Anchorman in Chicago, I think. Yeah, that is my bill of the week always because I my dream is to one day have Bill Curtis do my voicemail message. I'm just I'm always too nervous to call into wait, wait, don't tell me. But I do listen to it all the time. I love his bill puns. Anchorman is one of my favorite movies still to this day. Like I'm still stuck in like I'm a college frat boy, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. So that is forever and always my bill of the week. So let's hear from somebody else's. Hi, Frugal Friends. This is Becca. I'm from Rogers, Arkansas, and I'm just calling to give you my bill of the week. So this month was actually supposed to be a no-spend challenge for my fiancé and I, and we were doing really good until our sweet dog, Rufus, decided to eat rocks the other day. So we took him to the vet, and it ended up being an incredibly expensive $750 bill. But we are grateful that our vet was able to help him, and he passed all of the rocks. So unfortunately, we had to dip into our savings a little bit rather than increasing our savings this month. But we are so grateful that Rufus is okay and are happy to pay this bill. Love you guys. Thank you so much for all of your advice and just fun times on the podcast. Thanks again. Oh, wow, Becca. And Ru- thanks. Congratulations, Rufus. Like, eating rocks. <laughs> 
and you made and it pass through. Them. Yeah, you, Rufus, you went through something, and um, <laughs> this one's for you too. Yes. Oh, I love hearing the stories of unexpected large bills that are able to be paid and not stressed mm-hmm. about because of the intentionality with finances. Well done that you could sustain your rock-eating dog Rufus's (laughs) weird addiction. (laughs) And uh, thanks for all the love. Uh, we're, We're happy for the fun times here too and celebrating with you that Rufus is still with us. Hopefully he doesn't have a taste for non-edible things anymore. And well done with your finances. Yeah. If you all listening want to submit your bill of the week, if you've got a pet that enjoys eating things that shouldn't be eaten, or you have, you know, someone named Bill in your life who is really just crushing it in some way or, or another, you also or love you know, something related Bill to finances. Curtis because Jill doesn't <laughs> no. believe that anybody feels the same way for him that I do. Maybe She's, you're just obsessed. She, you know, nobody <laughs> else says that. Because you're the frugalfriendspodcast.com <laughs> slash Bill. Leave us your bill. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. We're moving on. It's time for the lightning round. The lightning round. All right. We will both answer this just like a traditional okay. lightning round, but I'll let you ask it since you're the you're leading the episode today. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Goldie put this question in here for us. It's a good one. I don't, people don't ask each other this question. So here you go. Hot take in this lightning round. Is there anything you would be willing to take on debt to have or buy? I think you know my answer (laughs) because I have just done it um, for a house because it is an asset. It will be slightly cash flowing. So here's the honest truth. You're never going to hear me on bigger pockets. I'm not I'm not the person. Like it's not me. Real estate investing not for me. Tried it, did it, didn't enjoy it. So that's my hot take and I'm, you know, it's I know people who love it and I tried it once and I was like, nope, not for me. But We did buy a second property because originally we wanted to get a place for my mom because she rents and we wanted to just get something that she could live in and pay us rent and we could control her rent. But that didn't happen because prices in our area are so unreasonably high that we literally couldn't find anything that, 
she could live in and we could afford to have her live in it. So, but we did get a house um, and we will rent out our current home and we will, our hope is to either eliminate our mortgage altogether. So not make any profit, just either eliminate the mortgage or just cover the two mortgage payments. And we'll use it for the tax benefits annually and in 20 years or something when we sell something, use the appreciation. Because the appreciation in St. Petersburg is higher than average stock market returns. So it was a wise financial decision. It was not the ideal real estate you know, thing you look for, but... Um, our our market is weird and we did it and I'm not here for it. Yeah. Again. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I you learned through it for sure. And this will benefit you all in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the owning of these two places. I'm excited for you. This is a big celebration, really. You just signed yesterday. I know. And I don't want to de- I I know I don't want to deter anyone from investing in real estate because I think it is a super viable way to diversify your income and has a lot of income and investment and tax benefits. It really does. But it is really something like it is a process and try it once. You don't have to love it, but you don't know until you try. I didn't know that I didn't love it until I tried and I don't regret it yet. But I I don't want to, I would never steer anyone away from renting or from rental real estate or anything. So I think even if we continue to do real estate, we would um, consider doing like syndications, which is like way higher level. So yeah, that caveat. How about you, Jill? Well, I know that you love being super vulnerable on this lightning round. So so I'm going to do that for you, Jen. Mm. I think, you know, the obvious answer is likewise housing. Most of us have a mortgage. It's a decent aim to pay off your mortgage early, but I don't I don't mind having that. It's an asset. I have to live somewhere. I pay less on my mortgage than I would in a rent. So, yes, that that's obvious. Something else, and I will so I'll process this out loud with you. Feel free to give me your feedback and I'll be a little bit vulnerable here. We have been cash flowing renovations on our current house, which has been awesome. It's one of the things that our debt payoff has opened up the door for us to do. I'm beginning to realize, however, that cash flowing things are, is only so good in a time limited mm-hmm. way. Similar with with debt. Like as you say, debt is neutral. We could use it in a way that is beneficial. And so something that Eric and I have just started to begun thinking about is okay, we wanted to cash flow renovations, get them out of like get them done, and then just live in our home and go hard at savings and investing and all of that. Well, now we are nearly two years into being in our home, having cash flowed renovations, and it's causing me pause to say, cash flowing is awesome, but when does that stop? Like, when does it stop when you're just going hard at, yes, I don't have debt, but am I still making a wise financial decision with the money that I have to keep throwing large chunks of money at these massive renovations? And so it's making both of us consider, would it be more beneficial for us to take a small loan with a low interest rate and invest the money that we're now spending on all of these other areas so that we're not continually pushing off. We, we don't make a ton of money, right? And so we're going to do best in retirement if we start mm-hmm. early in putting money towards retirement. And we are doing that, but we are doing it in really small ways while cash flowing renovations. Because again, we're not independently wealthy, but it's starting to make me think, Hmm, is it worth considering? I've not done it yet. I'm not saying that I don't I don't know what that decision will be, but to this question, like would you consider it? Sometimes I do wonder, would it be better to take out a low interest loan to be able to put money into investments because I don't think it's wise to cash flow large sums of money for years yeah. on end. So that's that's where my mind's at. 
Yeah, so there are a few things to consider in that. Definitely would never advise taking out a low interest loan to invest that money in the stock market, which is, which if it was just going into your house would kind of be what that is. It would just, it would go through like an intermediary first because I, I'm coming at this from the perspective that your primary home is not an investment. It's an asset. It's growing, but you will always need some place to live. So your primary home where you live is not an investment unless it cash flows. And what you're trying to do, part of your renovation is an Airbnb that will cash flow. So if you can do the math and figure out how much you'd be paying in interest every month on this small loan compared to what you could be making monthly on the Airbnb. And the number, and the, there's profit in the Airbnb versus the cost of the loan, then it does make financial, it makes numerical sense to finish up the renovations with a loan as, you know, obviously as low of the interest you can get so that you can start cash flowing the Airbnb because that numerically makes more sense. If you were just wanting to get finished with renovations and there was no cash flow component to it and you're like, how should I cash flow renovations and invest? It would be a slowing down of renovations to balance with investing. That would be the solution. And so your situation is unique to a lot of homeowners but it would just be doing the math on that, on what it, the loan is going to cost you versus what you're going to make from the Airbnb. And if it's more, then the loan makes numerical sense. Mm. Thanks, Jen. Absolutely. Well, yeah, this was great. And um, thanks so much for listening to my story, y'all. I Please tune back in next week to hear Jill's story. I'm very excited to record that one. And in celebration of our summit june 27th through 30th our adult summer camp we want to share some of the comments you guys made about our 2021 event like this one from mariella she says thanks the summit was so well organized with an amazing lineup of speakers thank you once more for everything you ladies do for this community of frugal friends Ugh, yes it's a free summit there's literally no reason not to come yes Thanks so much, Mariella. Yes. So thanks for listening. Again, if you want your free ticket to this year's summit, June 27th through 30th, head to frugallivingsummit.com. Don't forget to check out the Spending Mastery Bundle while you're there. It's jam-packed with so much awesomeness, and we can't wait to see you guys there. Yay. See you next week. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.